So, so I want to share with you on this Vision Sunday what I believe God's been speaking to me about our church. And so I just want you to get ready, man. I told our, our team, I said, listen, it's time to, to, to fasten the seatbelt because I believe God's going to accelerate the pace. Hallelujah. I believe God's going to do some things that what used to take three years will only take three months. And what used to take three months will only take three weeks. And what used to take three weeks will take three days. Come on, somebody's with me this morning, all right? So, so I mean, God's just going to begin to accelerate the pace. And we have to do that. We have to do that because, man, there's just a small window called life, and we only get one shot at it. Amen? How many of you know you don't, get, you don't go around again? Sorry to say, but this is it. You know, you just get your window. And so we have to accelerate the pace and find out what my place is, what my part is in the purpose of God for my life. And so we're going to start in the, the book of Habakkuk. If you have your Bibles, if you have a phone or a tablet today, if you're new to grace, man, we're going to put this scripture up on the screen and you can follow along there as well. I'm sure you spent a lot of this week in the book of Habakkuk. Some of you are going, Pastor, I don't even know where that is. Is that... It's in the Old Testament, you know, it's page 1963, if that helps anybody this morning, but it's right after Nahum, that probably helps about as much as page 1963. But Habakkuk chapter 2, in the very first part of it, God is speaking to Habakkuk, and Habakkuk is one of the minor prophets, and, and it's not minor because it's not important, it's just minor because it's a short chapter, that's all. But in Habakkuk chapter 2, the first part of verse 1 says that Habakkuk says, I'm going to stand my watch and, and I'm going to set myself, right, in the right position on the rampart. And then it says this, and I love this part. It says, I'm going to see what he is going to say. I read that one time and I went, man, just say that again. I'm going to see what he's going to say. I'm going to see what he's going to say. And God ended up speaking to this prophet and he said, write the vision and make it plain upon tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. He says, write the vision down, write it down, make it plain upon tablets Right? Because when you read it, then you can run. God's desire for us is to run. It's to move forward. It's not to be stationary. It's that the minute we read it, we take off running. Hallelujah. That's what God's will is for our life. And so we have to have a vision. We have to have a vision. And the reason why it's critical this morning that we have a vision is because if we do not have a vision, we have no direction. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, in, in the Message Bible, it actually talks about this. And it says, it says if, listen, if you can't see what God is doing, you're going to stumble all over yourself. If you don't have a vision, man, there's no boundaries. There's, there's no direction. You don't know which way to go. If you can't see what God's doing, you just begin to stumble all over yourself. And, man, that was my life years ago. No vision. No direction. And my marriage just began to fall apart, man. We were married and we were young and, and we had little babies and, man, we were struggling. We were fighting all the time. We didn't like each other. We didn't love each other, man. Life was just a mess. 
But God began to give me a vision for my family and said, hey, you know what? This is not what God intended for my life. And so, man, we got our marriage back on track. And instead of stumbling all over ourselves, now, I believe God's given my wife and I a vision to help other couples begin to be rescued from a life of, of stress and anxiety and fighting. That's not God's will for your life. And, and incidentally, we're doing a marriage small group. I just thought I'd throw that out. You know what I'm saying? Just a little blip. Just a little blip out there every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. You can see me. I'll be out there at the table signing you up. All right. So, so we didn't have a vision, but, but you know, it affects more than just you, man, because, man, we got three kids, and, and, and the devil had a plan for those kids, that they were supposed to grow up in a divorced home, and they were supposed to grow up where there was fighting, and they were supposed to grow up where there was stress and, and rebellion. See, that was the devil's plan, and the reason why we need a vision, and we need to be able to see what God's doing, because if we do not, then we, by default, just kind of line up with what the devil has for us. And it's the same for our church corporately. You know, the devil has a vision for Palm Beach County. I'm going to try that again. I said, the devil's got a vision for Palm Beach County. And he's got a vision for the state of Florida. And he's got a vision for the countries. And he's got a vision for this world, right? And so, but God has a bigger vision. Hallelujah. God wants to do more. And so we have to line up with what God wants for this county, for the Western communities, right? For this state, for this country, and also for your life individually, right? Vision. You have to be able to see what God is doing. You have to be able to say, yes, I know this is God's will. This is God's plan for my life. I, I see what God's doing, and I want to line up myself with it. Here's what vision does. Vision answers the question, where are we going? As a church, where are we going? So I want to put this up to you today. I want to talk to you about our vision as a church. And, and we've always said this. We, we, we see, right? But God's beginning to speak to me that it's more than just what we see. It's, it's really who we are. So, so here's our vision. It just simply says this. We are a church that prays, worship, builds, reaches, and cares all in an effort to see people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. Can I get a good amen from somebody? Amen. So this is it. God gave us these five words years ago. They were just deposited in my spirit, praying and worshiping and building and reaching and caring. And they all just kind of interact with each other because you can't have one without the other. They all intersect and they all are connected and they all work together. And it's not just stuff that we do, right? It's not just, well, we pray or, 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 or we, we worship. That's great. We do all of that. But what we wanted it to, to happen is we want it to become part of our DNA. This is a part of who we are. It's not just something we do. It's who we are. Prayer is who we are. Worship is who we are, right? Building and discipling, that's who we are. Reaching and caring, that's who we are as a church. So that when you come in here, you know this is what this church is all about. This is the church's DNA, right? This is our DNA. And this is our mission because we have to reach people. Man, we have to reach people. We have to see them become disciples. We have to see them become followers of Jesus Christ. So we start right at the beginning and we say, hey, we pray, man. That's a part of our DNA. And we just finished 21 days of fasting and prayer. Hallelujah. Man, prayer is exciting. I grew up in a church, man, that was a praying church. I grew up with a mom that was a praying mom. Hallelujah. And I mean 
prayer was just instilled the importance of it at a very young age in my life. And listen, everything else that we do is based on that very first word, the very first part of our DNA, and that is prayer. We have to pray, amen? Prayer is the engine that drives the whole thing. If you don't pray, listen, you could try to go through all the other motions, but here's what prayer does. Prayer gives you the heart of God. Prayer tunes your ear to the voice of God. It is through prayer that we get the vision. Hallelujah. So it all starts with praying, with praying. And every morning we gather at six o'clock here to pray. God is awake. I just thought I'd throw that out if you didn't know it, man. God's, God's awake. Some of you go, yeah, that's right. No, he is. He is awake. Right? When we gather to pray, it's, it's mostly private prayer. And you can just come and go as you need to, you know. I can't stay the whole time when I come. I have to sometimes slip out. I got, you know, kids to get to school and stuff to do. I get it. I understand all that. But if you can come for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, every Monday through Friday, 6 o'clock, we pray. Hallelujah. We pray. And then We worship. We worship. And worship is something that, that also has been spoken over this church that's going to happen generationally. It's something that, that we pass down from one generation to another. The Bible says one generation praises his works, his acts, what he does to another generation. And so we've got a kids' worship team. We've got a youth worship team. We've got a young adult worship team. And during our 21 days of fasting and prayer, man, we had our youth worship team leading in worship. Hallelujah. We had our young adult worship team leading in worship. Amen. And worship is something we do. And prayer and worship, it's like you almost can't separate them. Because every time we gather to pray, we worship. And every time we gather to worship, we pray. Hallelujah. And so praying in worship is something that God just put on our heart. And this year we want to instill something and do something that, that we've never done before. And I'm so excited about it. We're going to do something that we're calling hunger nights. Now, maybe, uh, maybe it was during just 21 days of fasting that I thought of this, right? Yeah? Maybe I just came up with that title during, the, during one of my, my fasting moments, right? Hunger nights. Where we actually do this. We take a Friday night to fast, a Friday to, to fast, and then we meet that Friday night. We have an hour of worship and just ministry, man. And we, we believe God for miracles. And if God says lay hands on people and believe God right then, then we're going to lay hands on people. We're going to exercise spiritual gifts, right? We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray for people, but mostly we're just going to worship. And then we're going to release people to pray for two hours. Two hours. Some of you say, Pastor, I ain't never prayed for 15 minutes. Well, listen, you pray for as long as you can pray, right? And then when you're done, you could just either go home or sit there and just go, okay, God, what else is there here, right? You just come and, and we're going to meet for an hour and then we're going to release people to pray privately. Pray privately. Just begin to spread out. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to open up the whole building. So if you want to come up on the platform and pray, pray over the worship team, you come up on the platform, pray over the worship team. If you want to go into the youth room and pray for the teenagers, you go in the youth room and pray for the teenagers. You want to go into the nursery rooms or our kids' room in the back, and you want to pray for the kids and just walk around, you want to go through the lobby and just say, God, I thank you that every person that walks into this place feels the presence of God and the peace of God. God, I just thank you, Lord God, that this church is reaching the community. You just, you just pray until God releases you to go home. Hallelujah. And then we're going to do these hunger nights. 
And I haven't got every date mapped out because God just deposited it in my spirit, but I'm so excited about it. We gather for at least three hours, right? Three hours to gather. And if you have to go home at any time, man, you go home. But, man, we're going to get on our face before God. We're going to pray, and we're just going to believe God and say, God, we are hungry. Hallelujah. We're hungry for you. We need it. We, and, and so prayer drives this thing, man. And worship is an integral part of who we are. And then we're talking about building. The third part of our vision is building. And this past year, we did something with the help of Pastor Tom and Pastor Alex. And, and we revamped our, our discovery classes. And, and we're starting something that we've never done before this year as well. And it's a class called Equip. And it's a leadership class. And you'll get all the information out there in the lobby. Just visit one of those tables out there. And you can pick up a flyer. And it just talks to you about, about the, developing the leader that's in you. Because there's a leader in you. You may not know it, but there is a leader on the inside of you. And we take people through the word of God. And it's these six-week courses, Discovery is and Equip is as well, where you just study the word of God and, and you find out about what God has to say about the Holy Spirit and about spiritual gifts and, 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 and about water baptism and evangelism. And you just study the, the scriptures, right? Because it's building. And it's in our youth and it's in, it's in our kids and in our nursery. We're building up, right? Because, but the word of God has to take precedent, right? We have to understand that we can't just have church and, and, and leave the Bible behind. The Bible is our foundation. It's the source of all truth. And so we have to place the word of God in its rightful place in our vision. We have to build lives, restore people. And through our small groups, I'm so excited about our small groups. I'm so excited about small groups, I, I signed up for two of them. I said, I'm going to do two of them, right? So I'm going I'm to do another leadership one on, uh, that's going to be webcast. The first one we ever did just, just through the Internet. That's another blip that I get because I have the microphone. So I get another blip today, all right? Pastor Alex is going, really? Come on. Yeah, I just, you know. And so it's just once a month, just through a webcast, through, through web conferencing, but it's about building in the small groups. This year, we're excited because we believe more people are going to jump into small groups than we've ever had before in the history of our church. Amen. We're believing small groups are going to explode in our church because there's something about. Listen, we can gather in a corporate setting like this. That's important. And they did that in the New Testament. They gathered in the temple. But you know what they also did? They gathered in small groups. Because life doesn't happen in rows. Life happens in circles. And you come together in a circle, in a small group, right? And you just say, okay, now, not only do I get to receive, I also have something to contribute. Hallelujah. I get to share. Now, listen, I've got a story to tell, and I've got some experiences, and I want to I say, hey, I'm also, you know, want to add to this thing. And then if I'm struggling, man, I've got some questions that I need some answers to. And, and we open up the word of God, and we begin to just let each other grow. We're building lives, building lives through our small groups. So we're so excited about that. And then the fourth part of our vision is reaching, man. We're reaching, reaching out into the community. And, and this year, man, we've just seen an explosion in some of the efforts that we do. We've actually, we've given, um, I think if I look back, I've looked back for the last few years, we've given more to missions this year than we have in years and years and years and times past. I think there was only one other year that we actually gave more because we had a massive project overseas 
But we've increased our missions giving this year. Our food pantry, which reaches out to families, has exploded. I mean, just exploded. We're feeding right now every week about 75 families and, and, and sometimes more, sometimes more than that. And so I'm so excited because we're believing that's going to just continue to take off as we reach out into the community, right, and just begin to extend our reach. And when we reach, we also do this because here's the fifth part, we care. And reaching and care, like prayer and worship go together, reaching and caring just goes together, man. And the reason why we said we care is here's why. Because I don't want it to just be like, hey, we're just trying to get you saved and that's it. That's all there is to it. No, here's what we want to know. We, we want you to know that we care about you. We really do. The reason why we do Roses for Widows is not because we're trying to get them in this church. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, but, but we just say, hey, this is from Grace Chapel. In fact, many of them aren't even home. And we just leave some flowers at their doorstep, just say, hey, we care. We care. And, man, I'm excited about this. This year, we're actually, for the first time, we're going to host foster care and adoption classes in May because we've had families go on to, to be foster parents, and we've had families adopt. And my wife and I, we've been a part of that. We've been so excited to be able to be part of, of, of adoption. And so, so that's something that we want to be part of our DNA as well. And so we're going to do this, man. I'm excited about this. We're going to have something we call a fifth Saturday serve. And, and every fifth Saturday, we're going to just mobilize teams to go out into the community. And whether it's out into a nursing home or whether it's out into a community park or, or whether it's, it's helping a ministry that's struggling with a construction project. Listen, I can't do much. I can paint. I can rake. I can do a couple things, right? But whatever I can do, whatever my hands can do, I want to show people that we care. We care. So every fifth Saturday, we're going to reach out to the community. And we're believing God to expand this even more. This is just a starting point. This is just the start of what we want to do this year. And we're so excited about what we can do to reach out to veterans, to reach out to kids, and just show them that we care. And so that's a part of what God is speaking to us. And, and here's what vision is. Watch this. Here's what vision is. Vision is a group picture. You ever take a massive group picture? You know, family reunion photo and, or group, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of employees get together. And when you see the picture, what's the first thing you look for? Yourself. It's the first thing you look for. Lord, let, let my eyes be open. Please, Lord Jesus. I hope they pick the one where I'm actually looking straight. Come on now. I mean, that's what we do, right? Because that's what vision is. Vision is a group picture so that when you hear me talk about these things, about praying and worshiping and building and reaching and caring, here's what happens. You see yourself in that. You say, hey, I can do that. I, I could reach out. I can minister. I could do something. I can't do everything, but I can do something. I was put on this earth for a reason. See, we have to figure out not just what on earth we're here for, but why we're here on earth. Amen. Why am I here on earth in 2018? Man, I, I, there's, a, there's a scripture I want to share with you this morning from, from the book of Joshua. Because here's what happened. The children of Israel were given a vision. A vision. It's actually a promise. In fact, there was a piece of land. They called it the promised land. There was a man by the name of Caleb. Hallelujah. That's a great name. Caleb was 40 years old, and he was 40 years old. He was handpicked 
to go spy out this land. And he spied it out and he said, man, that's a great piece of land. But what he didn't tell anybody at that particular moment is when he was spying out the land, he saw a piece of himself there. He saw a piece of himself. He said, you know, this would be a great, great thing for the children of Israel, for all of us corporately, for all of us. This is going to be an incredible thing, but I see myself here. I see myself here. In fact, I see a mountain that I, I, I'm going to claim as my own. And, and he did that when he was 40 years old. Moses handpicked him to go into the promised land. Now watch this. 45 years later, in Joshua chapter 14, in verse number 10, he's talking to Joshua. Watch what it says. He says, Joshua, man, when we went into that land, I mean, you know, it was a promised land. He kept using the word promise. It was a promised land. That was the land that was promised to us. But here's what he said to Joshua. He said, I'm, I'm now 85 years old. 85 years old. But I feel just as young as when I was 40. Hallelujah. I'm still breathing and God is not done with me yet. Amen. I've still got a purpose. I, I still, got, still got life on the inside of me. Listen, I'm not ready to kick the bucket. I'm ready to climb a mountain. Hallelujah. I'm ready to do more. There's more inside of me. I still got, I still got a reason to live. Now, would you give me this hill country? See, watch this. He identified in the corporate vision his own personal place. I see myself there, and there's a mountain called Hebron. It's a hill country, and I want it because I'm strong enough to get it. God's not done with me yet. See, in the corporate vision that is Grace Chapel, you have to see yourself and say, you know what? God's not done with me either. Huh? I've got some promises. I've got some things I can do. I've got some talents. I've got some spiritual gifts. I've got some abilities, right? I wasn't just put on this earth to, to make a few dollars and take great vacations. Come on now. Nothing wrong with great vacations. I just scheduled one. Glory to God. I'm so excited. Right? Nothing wrong with that. But that's not the reason why we live. We don't live for the weekend. We don't live for vacations. We don't leave to, to change our profile pic. We leave because God has a purpose for our life. That's why we live. Hallelujah. In this book I was reading during the 21 days, there's a book called Shape. And it's written by a guy named Eric Reese, And it talks about finding and fulfilling your unique purpose for life. And actually, we have these books for sale. I want to encourage you to grab this book. We have these books for sale, $10, out at the info table. And, and it is a great read. And it just talks about your spiritual gifts. And it talks about finding your place. And he has a quote that I want to put on the screen. And I want to read it to you today. And here's what the quote is. The quote actually says this. Eric said, kingdom purpose is your specific contribution to the body of Christ within your generation that causes you to totally depend on God and authentically display his love to others. It's kingdom purpose, watch this, for your specific contribution. You have a contribution. You have something to add. 
whether it's, it's during the prayer times, right, in the mornings, you can come and pray, or you can come to our hunger nights, right, or it's during the worship time when you come, or you can be part of the worship team or part of our media team, right? Or, or, or if, it's, if it's, hey, I'm going to be in discipleship, I'm going to be in discovery, I'm going to come to a small group, I'm going to contribute that way, amen? Or you say, listen, I could, I could help with outreach, I can join a, a team, we have a team that even once a year or twice a year, whenever there's a disaster, they help people, man, a recovery team, it's called a rapid response team. Or I can help with the food pantry, or, or I can show that care in some way. Whatever you can do, right, that's my contribution. It's my contribution to the kingdom of God. My contribution. And in this book, he tells a story of a guy named John Baker. And John Baker was an alcoholic, man. He was an alcoholic, and he, he just lost his family. His, he got divorced. Alcohol took his family, his life. His marriage, it took everything from him. But he found his way to church. He found his way to church. And watch what happened in John Baker's life. God began to change him, and he began to be discipled, and he was planted in this church. And he wrote his pastor a letter. He said, Pastor, I have a heart for people like me and the way I used to be. Is there something that we can do? In fact, I have a vision to start a ministry where we reach out to alcoholics or those who are struggling with drugs or some kind of life-controlling addiction. And John and his pastor got together, and here's what happened. They started a ministry called Celebrate Recovery, right? And that was years ago, and today Celebrate Recovery, here's what Celebrate Recovery has done. It's actually gone all the way around the world. It, today it is an international ministry that has touched over a million lives helping people find freedom from drugs and alcohol and different addictions, right? And he actually went to the White House, and President Bush honored John for his contribution to society, right? See, we all have a part to play. We all have something we can do. We can't just sit by. God has put resources in our hands. He's put, he's put gifts in our hands. He's put talents. We can do something. And that's what God's called us to do this year, man. There's tables out in the lobby, man. We want to encourage you to, to visit one. We want to encourage you to, to say, hey, I, I want to get to be a part of this thing. I, I'm going to join in this year, man. I'm going to join. If you've never joined in before, this is your year to do it. Because I believe God's going to do something so unique this year. In fact, I've set some, 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 some goals. I, I met with our elders the other day, and I said, here's what I believe God's speaking to me. And I'm just going, I told them I'm going to throw it out there. I didn't know what they were going to say. Because God showed me something during this 21 days. And I haven't shared it with anybody but our elders and my wife. That's it. But I'm so excited to share it with you this morning. I want to bring this chair up to you. I'm going to ask Pastor Alex if you would. Grab this chair and bring it up here. And, and here's what God's been showing me that we're to believe God for this year. And it was interesting. You just put it right there. Thank you, Pastor Alex. Because during our 21 days of, of fasting and prayer, we bring in guests, guest speakers. We bring them in. And some of them are used in the prophetic. And I've been sitting on that seat, and I wrote in my notebook, I got a little notebook, a little planner, and I wrote some words down. I just wrote a couple words down. I said, this is where I believe God's speaking. And then I said, God, it would be awesome if you let one of these prophets or these preachers, these pastors who are used in the prophetic, or you just let them say, Brian, 
Here's what I hear God saying to the church this year, and they say the same words. That would be awesome. And Pastor Tony Foster came, and he didn't say nothing. I went, man, that was my opportunity right there. It would have been great. Make it so much easier. And then Pastor Chuck Pelham came on a Friday night, preached a great word, made a great service, but he didn't say it either. And I had it in my notebook, and I was waiting for somebody to say it because I was going to come up and go, Woo, here it is. God spoke to me. He's confirming word. We're all going to run out of the room and change the world, right? But he didn't say it either. And then Bishop came, preached the paint off the walls, right? And, and, and he didn't say nothing either. And I thought, Pastor Jay Pike came this past Friday. I said, God, we got one more chance. I need somebody. Man, he was speaking over the church and praying for us. But he didn't say it either. And I said, God, you missed it. That was our opportunity to make it so much easier on me because if one of those guys would have said it, it would have been so much easier for me to get up here and say it, right? But here's what I believe God's been speaking to me. I believe this is the year of double. I believe we're going to believe God for double this year, right? Double this year. And when God's deposited in my spirit, watch this, watch this. I said, okay, God. I can believe you for double in the youth ministry, right? Because I thought, okay, because that's all about them, right? Just get on them teenagers, right? Make them work, right? And then I said, well, maybe we could believe God for double in missions giving. Hallelujah. Double in missions giving. And I said, we could just believe God for that. And I believe that's going to happen this year. And I believe God gave me a strategy for that to happen this year. But what about double in here? I said, what about double in here? What about double in the sanctuary? What about double here, right? Because I said, God, can I really even say that without people going, uh-huh. Now, how are we supposed to do that? We've never done that in a year. We've had great years of growth, and we've had some phenomenal years, but we've never doubled, Right? So I said, God, how are we going to do that? And, and God began to deposit a strategy in my heart. And here's how we do it. When you sat down this morning at your seat, there was an invite card. It was an invite card. And I know some people just leave them there. Some of them make their way to the floor. Some of them make their way to the, you know, little seat pocket in front of you. I understand that. But hopefully a couple of you grab them, right? A few of you grab them. Here's what. Here's how this can happen this year. If we all together, watch this, we all together commit to say at the end of this year, there will be one person sitting in an empty seat that I invited to church. How simple is that, right? I mean, that doesn't seem that difficult, right? And it's so valuable. One person that's here at the end of the year sitting in a seat because I invited them. One, at least one. That means when you go to a restaurant, right, you leave an invite card with a big tip. That means you go to a neighbor's house and you say, hey. That means you're, you're talking to somebody over coffee. Hey, I just want to invite you to my church. And you just hand them a card or you just give them an invite. This is how important it is. Watch this, watch this. Jim and Maria Wolf are, our, are one of our elders and a couple in Years ago, they had a neighbor, and the neighbor's names were Kevin and Mary White, right? And 
they were talking to their neighbor and they said, why don't, you, why don't you come to church with us? Why don't you come to church with us? And Kevin came to church and we were in the little theater. This was years ago. We were in a little theater and I gave the altar call and Kevin and his wife Mary came down and they got saved and they started coming to church and they started coming to small group and they started getting involved. And Kevin, for years, would come to our small groups. And, and it was so much fun because he actually built race cars. And every time we'd go around the room and we'd say, hey, what do you do for a living? We'd just kind of throw that out there to a couple guys. Hey, what do you do for a living? Man, we'd have people that were doctors. And, you know, I'd say, well, you know, I'm the pastor. And, and, but when it got to Kevin, he would say, well, I build race cars. And all the guys would go, ooh. Forget everybody else. This is the guy I want to spend the rest of that group with, Right? Kevin ended up dying from prostate cancer years after he attended our church. And I was one of the last people to ever talk to him in his room, in his house. And he was so sure of his salvation and where he was going. But it wasn't just about getting him to heaven, right? Because God didn't call us to make converts. God called us to make disciples. And it was about getting heaven into Kevin and the impact that he made those final few years of his life on our life and the life of his family and the life of those he came in contact with. That's the power. Watch this. That's the power of an invite. That's why you don't just walk away from a coffee with somebody. That's why you don't just walk away from greeting somebody. That's why you don't just walk away from saying hi to your neighbor without letting the Holy Spirit grip your heart and say, hey, this is somebody I need to invite to be planted in a church so that their life can be changed. Amen? That's the power of vision. That's why what we do is so valuable and so important. I want to encourage you today. Grab one of those cards every week, every week, and say, this week I'm inviting somebody because at the end of this year, there's going to be somebody sitting in a chair that's empty. And, and, and I believe they're going to make a deposit in the kingdom of God. Amen? I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come, and we're going to pray. We're going to release you today because I know there's a lot to do out in the lobby. We're going to release you to do that this morning. But I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute this morning. Would you do that? As we talk about vision, as we kind of wrap up Vision Sunday, I'm here to tell you, man, we, we can't do it just as leaders. Listen, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't, I don't have your contacts. I'm not in your world. I don't know who you know. My feet don't cross the same path of the people that yours does. God's put people in your world specifically for you to reach, for you to extend an invitation to. And it's not about getting them in church. Listen, we're not just trying to fill up a church for the sake of numbers. We want people to be discipled so that they can pray, so that they can worship, so that they can build, so that they can reach, so that they can show others that they care and catch the vision, not only for the, for the church corporately, but for their life individually. Amen? Amen.
So let's pray today. Let's pray today. Let's pray today. Let's believe God today. Right where you're at, let me pray for you. Let me extend my hand to you. Father, for each person here, I just extend my hand and just pray for them. And I just ask God on this Vision Sunday that it not just be about a name of a church or a group or a ministry, but it be about their personal vision inside of the corporate vision of the family of God here at Grace Chapel. That they have a role and they have a part to play and they have giftings and they have talents. They have a unique purpose, even as that book talked about, a very unique purpose that they would discover while they, why they are here on earth. So I thank you for vision just being stirred up on the inside of them today. Let their life be changed in Jesus' name.